remember, history lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that explores the lives of famous individuals on the day they passed away. Today we're delving into the extraordinary life of Red Auerbach, a legendary basketball coach and team executive whose leadership and innovative strategies redefine the sport. Today marks the 16th anniversary of his death. So without any further ado, let's dive into the early life of Red Auerbach. Part 1. Humble Beginnings and a Love for Basketball, 1917-1946 In the multicultural melting pot of Brooklyn, New York, Arnold Jacob Red Auerbach was born to Mary and Hyman Auerbach on September 20th, 1917. The bustling, crowded streets filled with immigrants seeking the American dream played a crucial role in shaping young Arnold's gritty, never-say-die attitude. Red, nicknamed for his iconic hair color, was introduced to basketball at an early age, and the sport quickly became an outlet for the energy and competitive spirit that bubbled within him. Growing up, Red faced economic hardships of the Great Depression, which taught him resilience and the value of hard work. These lessons were evident on the makeshift basketball courts of Brooklyn, where he first began to understand the nuances of the game. It wasn't the spotlight or individual acclaim that attracted Red. It was the intricate ballet of teamwork, strategy, and sheer determination that unfolded on the hardwood. His journey took a more defined path at George Washington University. Though his playing career was modest, his strategic understanding of the game grew exponentially during these years. He studied the sport, devouring playbooks and analyzing games, often prioritizing his love for basketball over academic pursuits. His time on the court wasn't marked by scoring accolades, but by a growing comprehension of basketball as a symphony of moving parts, something he would later attribute to his coaching success. The world was at war during Red's early years, and like many of his generation, he served in the U.S. Navy. The experience was formative, reinforcing teamwork and a collective spirit, traits that would become the hallmark of his basketball teams. His service also exposed him to a broader worldview and the deep racial divisions that existed, shaping his fundamental principles of equality and justice. Post-war America was where Red's professional journey began. In 1946, he took on a significant challenge of coaching the Washington Capitals, a team in the newly formed Basketball Association of America, or BAA, which would later merge with another league to become the NBA. These were the pioneering days of professional basketball, and Red, with his fiery competitive nature, was often at odds with the establishment, including referees. It was here that he began to manifest his signature style, emphasizing aggressive play, tenacious defense, and above all, an unwavering focus on team unity over individual glory. Red's early forays into coaching were met with respectable success, though championships eluded him. These initial years were foundational, setting the stage for the principles and philosophies he would carry throughout his illustrious career. His relentless drive, innovative tactics, and a profound understanding of the dynamics of teamwork were becoming evident. The period was just the dawn of what would be a transformative presence in the sport of basketball. Part 2. The Birth of a Dynasty 1946 to 1966. As the 1950s dawned, a pivotal shift was about to happen in Red Auerbach's life, and unknowingly in the sport of basketball. In 1950, after coaching stints with the Washington Capitals and a brief period with the Tri-Cities Blackhawks, 
Red accepted the role of coaching the struggling Boston Celtics, a decision that would change the course of basketball history. The Celtic transformation under Auerbach was nothing short of revolutionary. Red was not just a coach focused on tactics. He was a visionary who understood the importance of the draft, trades, and player psychology. He was instrumental in drafting Chuck Cooper out of Duquesne University, the first African-American player in NBA history, shattering a significant racial barrier in professional sports. The most seismic shift was the acquisition of Bill Russell in 1956, a center who would become one of the greatest players in the history of basketball. Russell's defensive genius and rebranding prowess, coupled with Auerbach's tactical acumen, propelled the Celtics to an unprecedented level of success. Red emphasized the team over individuals, insisting on selfless play, which often meant star players sacrificing personal accolades for the greater good of the team. This philosophy became the cornerstone of the Celtics' way. From 1957 to 1966, the Boston Celtics under Red dominated the NBA in a way that no team has done since. They won an astonishing nine championships in ten seasons, including eight consecutive titles from 1959 to 1966. This era was the birth of a dynasty, with the Celtics setting new standards of excellence, teamwork, and consistent dominance. Auerbach's impact wasn't confined to the court. He became known for his psychological warfare and mind games, often using clever tactics to outwit opponents and referees alike. His iconic victory cigar, which he would light up when he felt the game was decisively in the Celtics' favor, became a symbol of Boston's dominance and Auerbach's confidence. Despite his tough exterior, Red fostered a deep sense of loyalty and camaraderie among his players. He was a mentor, father figure, and confidant to many who wore the Celtics' jersey. Auerbach was more than a coach. He was the architect of a culture, building a legacy that redefined the game of basketball. By the time he decided to step down as coach in 1966, handing the reins to Russell, Red Auerbach had already cemented his place in basketball lore. His contribution, however, was far from over. His next role as general manager and president of the Boston Celtics promised a future that would further intertwine his destiny with that of the sport he had dedicated his life to. Part 3. The Executive Maestro, 1967-1984 After the 1966 season, Red Auerbach transitioned from the sidelines to the Celtics' front office, assuming the role of general manager. This move didn't take him out of the sphere of influences, instead it expanded his reach. Red now controlled all basketball-related decisions, and his shrewdness in this role was akin to his brilliance as a coach. Even as Bill Russell took over as player coach and continued the Celtics' championship tradition, Auerbach was orchestrating success from behind the scenes. He had a keen eye for talent and a profound understanding of how personalities, skills, and roles meshed to create a winning team. Red's moves were often so ahead of their time that they baffled contemporaries, only to be understood and appreciated in hindsight. The post-Russell years in the early 1970s were challenging, marking the first time the Celtics didn't feature in a championship run for several consecutive seasons. However, Red, savvy as an executive, shone through during this period. His astute drafting and trading laid the groundwork for the next phase of the Celtics' dynasty. One of Red's masterstrokes came in 1978. Amidst a series of transactions, he secured the draft rights for to a college star who would become synonymous with the Celtics' lore, Larry Bird. Despite Bird's decision to play his senior year at Indiana State, 
Red's patience proved invaluable, and Bird joined the Celtics in 1979. The 1980s ushered in a renaissance for the Boston Celtics, with the emerging Bird as a franchise cornerstone. Red constructed the teams that revived the glory days. He surrounded Bird with talent like Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, and later Dennis Johnson, creating a new Big Three that dominated basketball during the decade. Under Red's management, the Celtics clinched the NBA championship in 1981, 1984, and 1986. His confrontations with rival teams, especially the Los Angeles Lakers, added a dramatic subplot to the NBA narrative, piquing interest in the league. Though he was no longer the coach, Red's influence permeated every aspect of the Celtics. He was a regular figure at games, practices, and team meetings, his fiery spirit undiminished. He continued to mentor players, advise coaches, and above all, protect his interests and his team. By 1984, Red had transitioned to the role of president, maintaining a significant role in team decisions, but stepping back from day-to-day -day operations. The landscape of basketball had changed dramatically since his early days. But Auerbach's impact was timeless. He wasn't just a relic of a golden day, but he was an active participant in its evolution, ensuring the Celtics adapted and thrived in the modern era. Part 4. Legacy and the End of an Era, 1984-2006 Red Auerbach's later years were a blend of ambassadorship, mentorship, and continued deep involvement with the Boston Celtics. Although he stepped back from the limelight, his presence was always felt within the organization and across the NBA. As president and later vice chairman, he remained the Celtics' North Star, guiding them through challenges, transitions, and the ever-evolving landscape of professional basketball. One of Red's most significant contributions during this period was his role as a bridge of linking generations. He served as a living testament to the rich history of the league and was a reservoir of stories, lessons, and philosophies. New and seasoned players, coaches, and executives alike sought his counsel. He had conversations with everyone, from rookies to journalists, sharing his insights and often adding his signature touch of humor and bluntness. Despite the fierce competition, Auerbach's respect within the NBA community was universal. He was instrumental in various league initiatives, contributing to committees, and using his influence to shape the game's direction, always with the sport's best interests at heart. Red wasn't just about basketball. He was a family man, a friend, and a figure of broader public interest. He authored several books, sharing his philosophy on leadership, teamwork, and success, principles applicable both on and off the court. His public appearances, often accompanied by his iconic victory cigar, were events in themselves, and his opinion was valued in social and political circles. However, the sands of time spare no one. The 21st century brought new challenges, and the Boston Celtics, like all dynasties, experienced ebbs and flows. Red faced these with his characteristic resilience, but the passing years inevitably led to a reduced role. Yet, his dedication never wavered, nor did his love for his team and the game. On October 28, 2006, the basketball world stopped to mourn the loss of a colossus. Red Auerbach passed away at the age of 89. Tributes poured in from all corners of the globe, from former rivals, players, coaches, and countless fans. His death marked the end of an era, a link to the foundational years of the NBA, now gone. In death, as in life, Red Auerbach's legacy was towering. The Boston Celtics retired a symbolic number two jersey in his honor. 
representing the two most important people in any basketball game, as Red used to say, the players and the fans. Statuses, awards in his name, and continued reverence from the Celtics organization keep his memory alive. Red Auerbach's journey was more than just a story of basketball supremacy. It was a narrative of relentless innovation, leadership, and an undying passion for the game. His principles continue to influence modern basketball and are entrenched in the DNA of the Boston Celtics. Red wasn't just a maker of champions, he was a maker of history, a true architect of the sport he loved dearly. And that brings us to the end of today's episode on Red Auerbach, a monumental figure in basketball history. He's also who died today, October 28th. Additionally, if you enjoyed today's episode and want a visual of what Red Auerbach looked like, please follow our Instagram, who period died period today. Lastly, make sure to rate us wherever you're listening and share with friends and family. Join us next time on Who Died Today as we explore the life of another remarkable individual who made a lasting and indelible mark on history. I'm your host, Peter, and thank you for listening.